The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. It is a Friday, and Marcy Wheeler's here, and boy, what a week it's been. Uh, I don't even know where to start. You know, um, an old friend, I don't know if you know Derek Crow. He used to work for uh, yeah, Brave New Films. Been a long time, but he did yeah. rethink Afghanistan. Well, he he joined one of the social media networks today, and his first post was, "Can we just have one apocalypse at a time?" <laughs> and it Not fits funny, for yeah. this week, right? Uh, so I guess let's start with the speaker because the Republicans finally elected a speaker, and. Um, <laughs> we went from bad to worse and possibly to worst. Uh, you've been covering Mike Johnson. I thought he was like a backbencher who no one ever heard of, but he works quietly behind the scenes. And, and tell us, tell us about Mike Johnson. So I know Mike Johnson really well from the judiciary committee. Cause he's sort of like, um, he's the polished version of Jim Jordan. And he's as batshit crazy as Jim Jordan. He's just, he looks pretty on TV. He, um, rather than screaming, he speaks in full sentences. But otherwise, their brains are the same. Um, but I also knew that he was a key, again, he's the brains, Jordan is the mouth. Uh, he was a key player behind um, some of the logic for Congress leading up to January 6th. He... I mean, he let's let's take a step back. He's a Christian nationalist. Right. He is that shit crazy. He believes that um, like he he's rapidly anti-abortion, any kind of abortion. He believes that gay sex is illegal. He um, has argued that no fault divorce should be ended. He oh used God. to be um, if you look like years ago, Cliff Schechter and I did. We went to the Creation Museum in Kentucky together because that's when I lived in Michigan and Cliff lived, uh, he still lives in Ohio, Ohio I think. Right. So it's right on the border of Kentucky and it's the crazy place. Uh, Mike Johnson used to be the lawyer for that. It's like it's like dinosaurs gone on Noah's Ark kind of I remember person. that. I do. I remember that. I remember I, either your post or, or Cliff's about it. And it's, you know, they have one of those in Florida too, in Orlando. They have a, um, you know, it's like, Noah's Ark land or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So Kentucky was the big one at, you know, like let's build families with seven children out of $25 a piece to feed them racist crap. Like the thing I remember most specifically is their argument for uh, slavery I, for, yeah. I mean, and, and, and their, their treatment of cities as this place of crime um, but it's crazy stuff. It's like the dinosaurs got on the boat. That's Mike Johnson. That's the guy who's now second in line for the president. And he, you know, and, and everything like the, I mean, the way he is worst is in his cultural views. Have I mentioned he's a Christian nationalist? Yep. Um, but he is fully on board with Trumpism, mm -hmm. but he, you know, he's the brains 
Jordan is the mouth, so he comes off as suave. He's not as much of a jerk as Jim Jordan, um, at least not to people's face. And then, um, and and he's fully on with MAGA. He's fully on with Donald Trump's. Uh, uh, I mean, he also was part of the defense team for Trump in the Ukraine impeachment, which oh. is where people should have first gotten oh. notice of him, right? Like everyone was distracted by Jim Jordan's mouth, and all the while, my, like that's right. So you yep. didn't notice Mike Johnson because no. he's suave. But he is crazier than Jim Jordan, and now he is second in line for the presidency. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens. Like, I, you know, one of the things that's going to happen is it may make it easier for Democrats to nationalize the House, right? Like, you can now point to Mike Johnson, who is rabidly anti-abortion, and say, you need to make sure this man doesn't retain a gavel, Right. Because if he does all I mean, you know, we're, we're going to start losing birth control. We're going to start losing like gay marriage will go away. All of any recent gains in 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 rights for women and and LGBTQ will go away because because Mike Johnson is a Christian nationalist. Um, but I but I also think, you know, there people need to be very, very concerned about his assault on the Constitution, his assault on um you know, he will work to politicize uh, FBI and DOJ more than they already are. He's going to back the um, the effort to use impeachment to remove Joe Biden for something for for the fact that they have no evidence of, of wrongdoing. Right. You know, like I'm, I, I won't even call it an impeachment anymore because it dignifies it too much. Mm-hmm. It, you know, this is just an effort to remove Joe Biden from the presidency by using the fact that his son was a junkie and tied to a bunch of really sorted foreign companies and people right. for a number of years. You know, and, that's it. That's all. It's that sucks. And the more we learn about it, I mean, even the, the, the his acceptance speech when he took the gavel, I, you know, he gave us a joke. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself because, um, well, he said he did say this with a little editing help. She spent the last uh, couple of weeks on her knees and um, she's a little worn out. That's why his wife wasn't there. She spent the last couple of weeks on her knees in prayer to Jesus, because that's what that's what defines his worldview. Um, there's a photograph that's been circulating of him and a number of other Republicans kneeling on the House floor um, before they elected McCarthy is speaker, I guess on the 15th round. And he said, that's what did it, you know, their prayer um, with regard oh, to. And, right. And he also says after the shooting yep. in Maine, he's like, oh, yeah, we just need to pray more. Yeah. The problem, the problem, it's not guns. It's that America, it's it's the human heart. I'm like, well, that's funny because the human heart is exactly the same in America as it is in Europe. But these shootings don't happen in Europe. And there's, you know, like it, it's not that that American hearts are much more evil than they are in, in Europe. Right. No, that we give, we give, we give veterans with mental illnesses, um, assault weapons. And, and it's, yeah. So it's, I was just going to say that. So great minds. It's, it's horrific when you think about it. The only upside, (laughs) the only thing I can say that we do have a very, very slight, um, uh, protection in the Senate because the House, though they can do their 
trials against uh, uh, Joe Biden that they want to call impeachments, but are again, it, that dignifies it too much. Um, but the Senate, the, the House can pass whatever they want in the House. They've got a, what, a four or five vote margin. And the House is still democratically ruled. So it's, you know, majority rules. In the Senate, just about anything needs 60 votes. Um, but I guess, you know, and, and the Democrats control the Senate right now. So they can do all this stuff in the House. It won't pass the Senate, but we've got to hold on to the Senate. And the Democrats need to take back control of the House, too. Otherwise, this is the road we're on. Yeah, I mean, there are the 18 people in Joe Biden districts who voted, who uh, who they sh- this should make it very easy to target them. It should make it very, you know, like people like Lauren Boebert already on her way out, hopefully. Um, but it's just... It, it really raises the stakes for, for the election because this guy is, have I mentioned, he's Christian nationalist. Yes, and, and, one, and one other thing to keep in mind is he will be speaker. It's his job if, he, if, that, if the Republicans maintain control of the House uh, in the next election. It's a presidential election. He will be the guy to stand up and do what Mike Pence did, but except he'll pro- he was one of the, the uh, purveyors of the fake electors scheme, right? Chances are he would not certify the election on January 6th. Now here's, here's the question for you. Je- by January 6th, the new, hopefully house will be sp- sworn in. Will we have a new speaker by then or will it be his job in a lame duck? Well, uh, if it's Democrats, we'll have a new speaker because Hakeem Jeffries will be speaker. voted in, right. you know, within Immediately. six minutes, right? Right. Um, I, I, and then obviously in the in the Senate, until inauguration of whoever it is, it'll be Kamala Harris. She'll be in the role of Mike Pence. You've got oh, the, right. uh, okay, elect- the vice president. You know, they, they did make it harder to pull up what they were trying the last time. I just think they're going to try it a different way. I think that they're going to try and send the election to the House in some way, which, you know, which would give Republicans because it's the number of um, it's on a state. by you know, we don't need to get into this. No, but we it's state control. And even if they don't control the House, if the election goes to the House, it's counted differently. Right. And gerrymandering yeah, yeah. comes into play. Yeah. And I, and yeah. And I just think that, um, you know, I, before Johnson got the nomination, I wrote a post saying, because Trump did this appearance the night. So what happened was, um, Emmer, Tom Emmer from Minnesota, who is not a centrist, but he is an institutionalist. Um, and so he had, he was, shepherded to the nomination with Matt Gates's help, which is sort of crazy. Yep. And then, and, and it basically it was setting him up to be shipped. He never went to the floor because he did the math. He realized he was never going to get the freedom caucus vote. And, um, and as soon as he, and, and then right before it would have gone to the floor, Trump, who's in his fraud trial in New York. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was the day that, Michael Cohen testified. So all this drama in New York, Trump shows up late. This tweet goes out basically after having not committed on the race, basically, you know, cutting Tom Emmer's throat. And then by the end of the day, Mike Johnson was the nominee. I wrote a post, I think in that time period where, where I said, you know, yesterday Trump made this appearance in New Hampshire where he said, 
you know, we don't, you don't need to go out and vote. We've got all the votes we need. We need you to watch the counters of the votes. Oh my God. That's like what he said on December 27th, 2020 to Richard Donahue, then the acting deputy attorney general, when he was like, you know, I just need you to declare fraud and the Republicans in Congress will do do the rest. Well, who is the Republican in Congress? Everyone has always taken it to mean Jim Jordan, but it also meant Mike Johnson. Oh, Mike Johnson is totally involved in all of this. And so I, you know, I, I, the, for a lot of reasons, the other reason, another one of the reasons is that the way in which Trump is defending himself, particularly in the Washington case and the DC case, the January 6th case is not a, he, he's not defending himself to win at trial. This is the trial that go that right now is scheduled for March and the arguments that his lawyers and their competent lawyers, the arguments his lawyers are make are making are not competently argued. And, you know, it's still early in the litigation. There's time for them to start acting like lawyers. Some of them, like one of the things they filed earlier this week is a motion to dismiss for selective and uh, vindictive prosecution. I'm sure Trump demanded that. I'm sure Trump said... <laughs> You know, I and he did it for campaign reasons, right? He needs to be able out there and to go to his to his to his cult and say, you know, I'm fighting to to prove that Joe Biden is prosecuting me because he hates me. And he even worked into this filing uh, a thing about Hunter Biden, which I think anticipates where Hunter Biden's cases are going to go. But um, you know, it's it's just he's not he's not. He's not um, approaching at least that trial to win it. Uh, you know, like he's trying to delay it. That's the one that is least likely to get delayed because mm-hmm. um, Judge Chicken in that case is just like, we're not moving the trial. Like you can do a lot of other things. We're not moving the trial. We'll see. You know, like I think that um, Trump is going to try every every move they can make to find some way to delay the trial past the election. They certainly they have they have officially asked Judge Cannon in Florida to move her case beyond the trial and they're inventing bullshit excuses for that as well. So, wow. Yeah. So, so just to refresh us, Marcy Wheeler of, of course, emptywheel.net is with us. Um, the, the, the trials, I mean, have begun and Trump is some days in the courtroom, some days not this week. The, the trial that's going on is the New York fraud trial. It's a civil case. This is the one Letitia James brought just to right to get us all straight here. And Michael Cohen testified this week and Donald Trump does not have to be in the room, but he was. He chose to be there, um, I'm sure for campaign reasons and fundraising. Um, there was a gag order issued. Then it was um, stayed because he appealed it. And now another judge is saying, put it back in place. Meanwhile, because of his outbursts in court, the judge in New York put him on the stand. Can you explain what happened here? Right. So, and and honestly, I really encourage people to follow Adam Klasfeld. Mm-hmm. He's at the messenger right now because he's very good at live tweeting. And to my mind, this trial is utterly fascinating. And it's shocking to me that every news outlet doesn't have, you know, six journalists there because it's far more meaty than anything in the, in either the Florida or the um, D.C. trial will be for quite some time Uh because on a day to day basis, they are getting witnesses, some of them very pro Trump witnesses to describe how Trump required them to completely inflate his personal net worth 
um, just so he could continue his con. Like it, there's there's no separation between the way in which he fraudulently inflated his worth for years um, and the way in which he has defrauded all of these MAGAT Trump believers into thinking that he was a decent president. They're, they're, they're all the same con. They're all the same con. And I think that that is one of the reasons why this trial bugs Trump so much because it is exposing him. Um, and I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to forget the name of this guy, but the, the other person I would recommend people follow is there's a Forbes journalist who has covered his net worth over the years. Mm-hmm. And so last week, um, like after one of the days of trial, he posted, he's like, look, you know, Alan Weisselberg lied on the stand about his involvement in the net worth of Trump's penthouse. Um, so he's really fascinating to listen to because he knows how this works. He knows how New York real estate works. Um, I recommend people follow this because I think it's a scintillating trial on a daily basis. You find more details of Trump's fraud. Anyway, so in the New York case, in the fraud case, um, Trump was targeting the principal clerk. Right. So right. this is a woman who sits next to the judge. Right. And he was launching and they do this all the time. Like, let's launch an attack so that this person is personally at risk. Um, they were claiming that she dates Chuck Schumer um, <laughs> as as a way I mean, she lives in New York. Right? right. Oh, my gosh. She knows the senator from New York. Um, I think there was one picture where she posed with Chuck Schumer and Trump is using it to claim that the entire thing is biased. It's what he does all the time. Right. And so he has personally targeted this woman. And um, the judge in the case said, look, I'm going to gag you very narrowly. Don't talk about my staff. And that's, you know, it's not don't talk about the case. Don't talk about me. Don't talk about my staff. And Trump went out and violated it or Trump left like he took down the tweets, the true social tweets right. where he attacked this woman, but left up an attack on her on his campaign, yes. campaign site. So that that was the first fine. I think that was $5,000 fine. And then the same day that Michael Cohen was testifying, um, Trump's not supposed to give press conferences in the in the courthouse. But as he was walking in, I think from lunch, he said, you know, it's really biased. The person sitting next to the judge, again, a reference to the clerk. And uh, the judge found out about it. And that's why he put Trump on the stand, because Chris Keis, who is he's on this trial, he's on the Florida trial. Chris Keis got up and said, oh, no, it wasn't about the clerk. It was about Michael Cohen. Right. And the judge was like, no, that's not credible. So the judge uh, fined Trump ten thousand dollars for that one and said the next time you're going to jail uh, and Trump is appealing it. But but that that that's that's that that's what happened there and i think and so one of the things they were doing i mean you know michael cohen uh was prosecuted for lying he has always said since his prosecution that he didn't commit the tax fraud that he pled guilty to right. in 2018 um and he and he has since he explained it this week he said well i pled guilty to it as a way to to shield my wife from being prosecuted as well and uh you know the statute of limitations on any any false statements he made in 2018 in his plea hearing uh which was in august of 2018 those statutes would have would have expired so mm. he can't be prosecuted um but based on the fact that he lied there you know they they 
kept trying to get him to lose his cool. And Cohen has always right. also always said, um, and, and if people know Jason Leopold's reporting, they'll know this really well. Cohen has always said, Trump doesn't order you to do something. Trump directs you to do something. Right. You do it. Like and a mob so he boss. Sort of, he, like a, exactly like a mob boss. Right. And it's not just Cohen who says this. Everyone who knows Trump says it. Um, but they asked Cohen whether he was directed to lie. And, and I wasn't in the courtroom, courtroom, so I don't know which particular lie it was. I suspect it was the lie about the Russian, um, about covering up the Russian Trump Tower deal. Uh-huh. Uh, and Cohen was trying not to lie on the stand. And and um, this was actually the son's lawyers, Don Jr. and Eric are both co-defendants of huh. Trump. And, okay. and uh, have, you know, getting Cohen to kind of pause, the lawyer said, I want a directed verdict. This, this is your only witness. It's obviously garbage. <laughs> and, and the judge was like, no, there's so much evidence in this case. It doesn't come down to Cohen. And that's what people have always said. They're like, yeah, Cohen's not going to be a really credible witness, except for all of the documentation backs what Cohen said. And so then Trump stormed out of the courtroom. Right. To, to everyone's surprise, and he's followed by his the, the Secret Service and attorneys, and he goes out and he mouths off to the press again. Yeah. And, you know, it's he's just a big baby and he's running to the press and he does it all the time. Um, they're right. So Judge Chutkin in D.C. also imposed a broader gag. Um, that gag would cover witnesses in the case. It would cover prosecutors. It would not cover DOJ. It would not cover Joe Biden. It would not cover her personally, even though she's already had death threats against her since she took the case. She was assigned the case. Um, but it would also cover her staffers, just mm-hmm. like the New York judge, the England staffers. And Trump uh, asked for a stay pending appeal. He's appealing. Um, the, that debate is actually very interesting because trump keeps claiming and the aclu sort of claimed oh there's you have no proof that i am dangerous and doj came back and said it's you know we referenced all of these allegations of you know based on sworn testimony in the indictment about people that you threaten people like jeff duncan um a georgia republican people uh like ruby freeman mm-hmm. people like uh chris krebs who is was the head of cisa that trump fired by tweet yeah. all over there's a there's a um pennsylvania republican who same thing trump attacked him by tweet and within you know within hours the you know these people's wives were being attacked their children were being attacked they were getting people outside their house and and they're like you know you didn't you didn't combat any of this one of the things they did in their response to Trump's bid for a stay is they mentioned um, this guy named, named Taylor Toronto. Right. Who's a January sixer wasn't arrested until June for some crazy reason. Um, Cause they knew he's, he, he is alleged to have been involved uh, with assaulting a cop. So he should have been arrested fairly soon he left his Washington state home and drove his van to DC and been lurking around DC. And then after Trump tweeted on true social, where Trump, where, where Barack Obama lived in DC, right? Remember that? this guy, again, he's a veteran with mental illnesses, um, drove his truck with weapons in it to the neighborhood where Barack Obama lives 
and started lurking. And on video, he's like, I can do anything. I'll just say it's First Amendment. It's just First Amendment on video. Uh-huh. And so so, you you know, it's this clear tie of uh, Trump inciting this person to take action against his enemies. Yes. Um, and I'm like, you know, Trump, I've written about this. Trump keeps saying there's no allegation in the indictment of that I that I incited the rioters, that I am dangerous, that I I'm like, yeah, there is. DOJ keeps saying, yeah, there is. Uh Trump tried to um get he tried to get Chitkin to recuse. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, the she commented about me in these two sentencing hearings. And I was like, oh boy, buddy, you stepped in it. Because that one of the two sentencing hearings involved this guy who surly assaulted cops on January 6th. And in his sentencing, the sentencing that that Donald Trump himself introduced into the case, in his sentencing, this guy's name is Robert Palmer, not the musician. Um, he, this guy said, I went to the Capitol at the behest of Donald Trump because I believed, based on what Trump and other people said, that I had to do something to stop the certification of the vote that day. So this is as clear as you get of somebody who was directed, you know, took took Trump's statement, go to the mm-hmm. Capitol as an order, went to the Capitol, seriously assaulted cops because he believed he had to stop the vote certification. Like there's, you see this in many of these defendants, but this is a very clear cut case, always was, of, of this guy who believes that Trump told him to go to the Capitol and attack cops. Right. You know, and... and, and, and it, it's the culture of Trump from his first rallies when, you know, he encouraged the crowd to beat up any 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 liberals, any protesters and saying he'd pay their legal bills, which, of course, he never did. But that it also manifested itself last week in when um, members of the House Republican caucus who did not vote for Jim Jordan and their family started getting death threats. This is the culture of today's Republican Party. They threatened the wives of members and many of them admitted, actually Mitt Romney now is telling all he's not running again. And he said the reason that so many of his colleagues did not vote for the impeachment is they were afraid of violence against their families from Trump supporters. Right. And Peter Meyer, who at the time was my member of Congress. um, So I'm like one of the 300,000, 700,000 people in the United States who had two Republicans vote to impeach Donald Trump. First, Justin Mosh, then Peter Meyer. Mm -hmm. Peter Meyer, who is a veteran. Uh, started wearing bulletproof vests for the same reason. He voted for impeachment. And then, I mean, and he's, he is a very right wing, very prominent in Western Michigan. Like all of the grocery stores are named after him close to the DeVos's. And, you know, he's getting these death threats as well. I mean, a point that I made before Jim Jordan failed to become speaker is that Jordan has done that much more quietly on the House Judiciary Committee, the one where uh, Mike Johnson is also a key person. Um, Like you see these witness transcripts of, for example, um, I think Washington Post first reported on this, the, the, the FBI guy in charge of the Hunter Biden, currently still in charge of the Hunter Biden side of the investigation, he wants to prosecute Hunter Biden. Okay, mm-hmm. like he told the House Judiciary Committee, yeah, we're still working on on, on prosecuting Hunter Biden. Um, also described that 
his staffers, this this retired FBI guy, they were getting followed. Their daughters were getting followed um, because Jim Jordan and other right wingers had had published the names of the people involved in the Hunter Biden investigation. The AUSA who has been made into a villain by now discredited IRS agents in right. the case. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, Leslie Wolf was the one in charge of it. Um, she was getting, she, like, they had to put protection in, Kate, in place for her because she was blamed for a bunch of stuff that she didn't really do. I mean, these IRS agents are, you know, like, their claims have all been debunked, but that doesn't stop these crazed right-wingers from going after them. And so, you know, like, Jordan has done this in the same way, like, I, I pointed out, and this is chilling, like, Fonnie Willis and him have been going back and forth for, you know, uh, since August. Um, and he keeps trying to interfere in her prosecution in Georgia. He he announces very, uh, very showy on August 24th. I'm going to I'm going to go after Fonnie Willis. And then he sends her a letter. She sends one back in September. And it's it's a it's a pretty good letter. Um, she gets a couple of digs in. She's like, oh, you know, I know you wouldn't understand about Georgia Rico law as somebody who never passed the bar. Here's where you can find some instruction <laughs> on it. <laughs> so she gets some She's pretty good. good digs in on him. But she also included all these death threats that she and her staffers are getting, um, which, as she described, were exhibits F through O. Um, F-O. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the, first, <laughs> the first two are... Uh, are threats that she got on August 24th, the same day that Jim Jordan announced that he was going after her. And one of them, I mean, they're both chilling. One says, I'm going to go after your daughter. The other one is this guy who says, literally, Jim is coming after you the same day that Jim Jordan announces he's coming after her. And then says, I'm going to burn Atlanta down with you in it. When Jim comes to find you, there will be just a body left. It's it's the language of lynching. Yeah. Right. So, so Jim Jordan is, is setting off lynching threats against Bonnie Willis. And that has gone, you know, until these threats against Republicans, it wasn't getting reported on. It wasn't, it was like, Oh, you know, Jim Jordan, he's just a loud mouth. But like, I mean, like, um, Washington Post did what I think they believed was going to be a beat sweetener uh, once Jim Jordan was selected. It was like a 1,200-word, 12,000-word piece. Um, and half of the piece, I mean, yeah, it talked about how he covered up the the um, sex abuse scandal at Ohio State. Right. Um, but it didn't get into that until like eight paragraphs in. Right. Yeah. And it, was like, it didn't it, get into the guts of that until about 6,000 words. Right. In. At the beginning, and, it was kind of complimentary. Who's the strong guy, right? Yeah. And and by the way, Phil Rucker, who under whose editing, I think Washington Post has gotten worse. Phil Rucker was edited that story. He was, you know, he got credit for editing that story. So he has to be held responsible for the fact that they let the piece, they let this puff piece go paragraphs before they talked about the sex, you know, like the, the hard hitting part of it was the 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 cover up the of the sex assault. And it and it never really got into the fact that this guy routinely elicits death threats against uh against civil servants, against nonpartisan civil servants. Yeah. And he does so- it 
You know, he does it intentionally. These death threats are, it's the culture of today's Republican Party. You know, uh, you know, I now live in Arizona. We, one of the reasons we moved here is because my husband's son, my bonus son, lives here. And his he lives with his girlfriend who um, worked for the governor. Katie Hobbs, uh, and when she was when she was Secretary of State on elections, she moved over to the uh, the governor's office. She didn't like it. She was offered, you know, at the, before she even took the governor's job, um, the job of deputy elections director of Maricopa County, which she just accepted. And Maricopa County is where. You know, all the shit happens. It's the, yeah. it's the second largest uh, voting precinct in, in the country behind L.A. County. Um, and th- th- when Max, my bonus son, was telling me about, oh, they have such great security there. You know, they've got the fences and they're pointed. It doesn't look like, you know, barbed wire and they this and that. And they've got um, police that... But this is the reality of life today because she, in her job as deputy supervisor of elections for Maricopa County, gets death threats. This is what they do. It's astounding. This is life in America in 2023. And it's frightening. And now that it's happened to Republicans, um, yes, it's finally getting reported on, but not enough. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Marcy Wheeler, um, so the, 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 we have the, the hearing or the trial going on in Manhattan. It's a civil trial. Trump, it's got, it's got his ire up because it's hitting right at his business. He will likely and his sons be prevented from uh, ever doing business in New York again. Now, you, you mentioned they asked for a directed verdict. Didn't the judge already decide? Isn't this just the penalty phase? It's the penalty phase, but it's also um, there are other implications. There are like six other things they're deciding. I so, see. Um, and I and I suspect that it'll also matter. Judge Engeron basically said you need to liquidate all the businesses, including Trump Tower, including like his signature mm-hmm. property next to Mar-a-Lago. Um, so there there are quite big stakes on this. Um, and it's supposed to go on for another couple months. I mean, this is wow. this is this is a detailed long trial. And then he goes to the rape trial, and then he Ooh. goes to uh, I think he's got a little break. He goes to DC for uh, for the January sixth case. He goes to Florida for the stolen documents case. I don't know if they've already rescheduled Alvin Bragg. So that's his schedule. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's got he's got upcoming um, and and he's still running for president. I did read a thing today. I forget where that said uh, that his um, rallies are starting to, you know, thin out because people are sick of his bitching and his, you know, his everybody else's crooked or, you know, the, the same thing His complaining. He's not he's not putting forth any policy. He's not saying if I'm president, what apparently he's doing is just it's the it's the bitch and moan tour. Well, he never had policy. Oh, he did, no, he put forward a policy the other day. He said he's going to pull out a NATO. Oh, he is going to pull out a NATO. Right. Uh, yeah. Really smart. So he's going to pull out of NATO and he's going to it's going to be his revenge tour. He's going to jail all of the people who've said mean things about it. it's you know, it's quite clear. 
it's astounding that he is their front runner. He he's the one who handpicked the speaker. Not that Tom Emmer would have been great, but at least Tom Emmer voted against nullifying the election. Um, And he didn't even get a vote because he knew he didn't have enough. He didn't even have a floor vote because he knew they weren't there. Um, uh, We live in an alternate reality. I call it opposite world. Nothing makes sense. So um, we've got the, uh, the mass shooting going on today. We've got the war. We've got overnight the U S bombed Syria. Do you know anything about this? Yeah, um, they were claimed to be Iranian Republican Guard points. What's interesting about it is that didn't happen until Mike Johnson got his first Gang of Eight briefing. So the Gang of Eight is uh, the majority minority leaders of the House and Senate and the majority minority intelligence members, member leading ranking members of the intelligence committee. And so there was a vacancy, right, for these three weeks. And the day after Mike Johnson gets his briefing, all of a sudden, um, the U.S. is taking action against Iran, uh, which they said was defensive. Um, you know, no, I, I'm a lot more worried about the fact that there's no relief getting or there's very limited relief getting into Gaza that, you know, that um, Biden is trying to prevent whole scale slaughter in Gaza. But, you know, I, 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 I think the move against Iran was an attempt to prevent it from further escalating. I think that it was clear that, U.S. troops elsewhere in the Middle East were being targeted uh, by Iranian facilities. And so that's what happened. But, um, you know, I made this comment the other day. All these tankies, these like people who say that Ukraine was going to lead to World War Three and and their arguments are all based on, you know, Russian disinformation. Right. And these people all are like, we can't we can't limit disinformation on Twitter because if we do, you know, that's free speech. We have to let Russian disinformation run wild on Twitter on Mark. Um, and what has happened since the Hamas attack in in Israel is that disinformation like and, and partly it's the fog of war. You can't yes. trust the IDF. You can't trust Hamas. Nope. Uh, journalists are getting killed uh, mm-hmm. by Israeli strikes, many of them. Um, and so you cannot get reliable reporting regardless. Um, but it is exacerbated a million times by what's going on Twitter. Like the people who are on Twitter, the people who are, and, and I, I heard the same thing about the Lewiston attack as well. Like you can't go on Twitter anymore and find reliable information because the people whose accounts are going to be privileged are the ones that, you know, are the ones who are willing to pay $8 a month to, to 16. To it just popped up on my thing. Cause whenever I open it, I still, I have a thing on my uh, uh, desktop to go to tweet deck, which of course I don't have access to anymore because I won't pay uh, the extortion, no, right. but it's a new window now that used to say, you know, you can have access if you pay. Now it says it's $16 a month. If you oh, want to do well, it. So, hey, eight wasn't cutting it because Elon's, uh, you know, Elmo's losing money. So now he's uh, upping the, the ante. Yes. You know, I mean, it, it's like at some point, 
you and I stay on it. You and I are also a Mastodon and Blue Sky. Right. I think Blue Sky is where I will be long term, but I will continue to be on Mastodon. I just think that, um, you know, at some point, Elon Musk will say you can't come on anymore yeah. unless you pay money. Yeah. And I, I then I'll know, be gone. Hopefully I'll have and I'll be gone. It's just I stay on Twitter largely to, I think, push back on bullshit that appears on Twitter. Yeah. You know, like there's still a lot of journalists putting up crap and I like to call it out on Twitter, but it's not long for this world. And, you know, like the Washington post had a good story about how much there's been, there's been a lot of good reporting just in the last couple of days about he's just hemorrhaging uh, users, hemorrhaging yeah. people tweeting, hemorrhaging advertisers. It has gotten, you know, it, it, it's 4chan, right? He's turned it into yeah, 4chan. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, I do believe, and I've written a couple of posts about this. Um, if you look at what the the alt-right did in 2016, um, they had a far bigger influence on getting Trump elected than Russian disinformation. Uh, but it was similar kind of stuff, and it was overlapping stuff, right? So, um I covered the Douglas Mackey trial. So he's he was actually prosecuted for tricking Hillary voters into texting to vote instead of showing up to vote. Um, and so he was prosecuted under the same one of the same statutes that Donald Trump is being prosecuted under. And so in 2016, they were very successful. But um, and then after 2016, because of the Russian disinformation, I mean, Twitter already was knocking some of these of these fascists off. Um, but afterwards, because of the Russian disinformation, Twitter kind of ratcheted that up. Mm-hmm. And in 2020, Trump had ratcheted up his efforts to use Twitter, right, to 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 uh, weaponize Twitter. And it worked. I mean, if you look at uh, if you look at the people who were most successful at using Twitter to spread this information in 2020, Trump, his sons, Cat Turd, uh, Rick Grinnell. Uh-huh. Um, remember him this guy mike roman who's one of his co-defendants and and in georgia and people should pay more attention to mike roman, mike roman. um jack Dasobiak, they're all on that list of the most effective disinformers of the 2020 election but twitter used some things like they throttled them or they sometimes labeled their tweets um and then what happened and that made a difference i think in 2020 like had they been able had they been able to go unrestrained then Trump might have won. It might have made the difference on Trump winning the election wow. and and Joe Biden winning the election. Well, so Twitter and Facebook and everyone else turned off those efforts right after the election. They were right. like, okay, we can let we can let Trump and Jack Posobiec and and Don Jr. go wild, and you see the stop the steal just go haywire after that. Like, stop the steal was effective because those that throttling mechanism was taken off right after mm-hmm. the election. And guess what? Then we had an insurrection. And so it's a lesson. And and I, the reason I believe that 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 Elon Musk was willing to pay $44 billion for Twitter, besides that he was angry at people when he when he made the offer, is because he thought he was going to, uh, you know, open up Twitter to be what it was in 2016, this platform by which fascists injected their their propaganda into yep. mainstream reporting without any of the controls that you saw in 2020. And now he's just chasing people off. Now it's just, there's too many fascists on Twitter right. and everyone else is leaving. Right. And a lot of them are leaving, but I just, I just opened up my Twitter feed and there's a, there's a breaking news alert from the Associated Press who's still there. 
Ivanka Trump must testify in the civil fraud case against her father, her brothers, and the family business, a judge ruled. She could take the stand next week. What does that mean? Um, so she is no longer a co-defendant because on an appeal, um, it was found that Trump can only be prosecuted for stuff five years back. And so because Ivanka joined the White House, she... Uh, was no longer a uh, Trump organization executive during the period in which the in which the um, it conducted issue. It, it, so so she thought she was going to get out of it altogether. But um, but Banky has to talk. The, yeah. To, well, so does the rest of the family. Uh-huh. Trump is going to testify. His sons are going to testify. This is going to start next week. Oh. Uh. And it's not televised, which is, you know, the American people should get to see this stuff. That's- yeah, I mean, it'll be there will be 100 million journalists when they testify. Oh, but yeah. um, And, and you know, this the sounds like Eric has gone to a number of the days of the trial, probably as many as Trump, probably every day that Trump has gone, Eric hmm. has gone. Don Jr. I don't think has gone. Ivanka, try, she challenged her subpoena. She's like, you're just trying to bring me back in again. And it's unclear the scope of what she's going to testify about, but her actions in buying the old post office, the what became Trump International in right. DC before, because they of course overpaid it and they lied about how much they were going to make, and um, so that it may be that her testimony is just go, is going to be limited to that. But nevertheless, yeah. It's what about be a big week you know early on in the Trump administration, Ivanka got something like two million dollars worth or some some uh, obscene amount of. Chinese patents approved that had previously not been approved for her clothing line or something. She and her businesses. Um, it's funny that funny, not funny, haha, but funny, sad that, you know, the Republicans are all up in arms about Hunter Biden, but not a word about Ivanka Trump getting all these patents from China or her husband getting two billion dollars from yeah. Saudi Arabia to pay off. Yeah. Six, um, six, one of the things avenue. James Comer has announced since Mike Johnson got the gavel is that he doesn't want to have any more hearings for impeachment. He just I wants to have that. these depositions. Oh, yeah. And the reason why is because he got his ass. Hand- can I say he got his ass handed? To him? He got his say. ass handed to him in the one impeachment trial they had for a, a because he's not because he's stupid. And so they had Jonathan Turley and Turley basically debunked the whole idea of the impeachment. B because Democrats kept saying, hey, can we get drunken Rudy? Because he's really central to these issues. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Ukraine, totally central. Let's bring in drunken Rudy as a witness. And the Republicans, like so many Republicans, are uninterested in being involved in this, that uh, twice they had these votes and they didn't have enough Republicans on the floor to beat the Democrats who were there to, to, to cast the votes. Um, and so they almost lost votes against Democrats about subpoenaing drunken Rudy and Lev Parnas. And then third, like Democrats use their time. Democrats like, you know, they'd be like, Oh, here's somebody who like, I mean, James Comer's latest is that um, James Biden, the president's brother mm-hmm. gave him $200,000 the same day he was paid and sort of a, Oh, right. They're showing the check. Now the canceled check is now making the right. rounds. And, and what's clear is, Joe Biden lent him twenty two hundred thousand dollars and six weeks later, James Biden paid him back. That's it. That's it. In the same day or day after, we learned that um, the two hundred and eighty thousand dollars that somebody gave Clarence Thomas to buy his RV that he he 
pretends makes him folksy. Right. He didn't pay that back. No, they, so, they wrote you know, it off. You want to talk about you want to talk about corrupt two hundred thousand dollar checks? Let's talk about Clarence Thomas not paying back donations, please, for an RV. That's right. right? He got a free RV. Um, and so uh, you know, Republicans are it's 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 a tough thing because they're they like. Everyone has looked for years for this corruption. They've never been able to substantiate it. They keep getting like Gary Shapley was going to be their great white hope. And his, you know, I have I have shown that his claims fall apart uh, and Joseph Ziegler's claims. And and in the process, Ziegler and Shapley have made it incredibly difficult for uh, for Weiss, for David Weiss to bring any more charges against Hunter Biden because his lawyers are going to be like, you know, this is all because of Shapley and Ziegler and, and Shapley and Ziegler have made it clear that they were talking to Republican members of Congress and they were doing X, Y, and Z. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be a crazy next 18 months. I will promise you that. Uh, well, what else is new? I mean, we know to expect that. And that's why I'm so uh, honored to have you <clears throat> on the show because you, you're able to get it all. And again, Marcy Wheeler, I remain amazed because I throw questions at you. You don't know what I'm going to ask. I don't know what I'm going to ask till we start talking. And, and you, you, you have the answers because you write about all of it, but there's only so much one person can do. And you're constantly posting stories at emptywheel.net that everybody who's listening should be subscribed to and donate to because you, like I operate off of reader, listener, uh, donations. That's how we um, make with no a paywall. What's that? With no paywall. With no paywall. No paywall for either one. And so, <clears throat> and I think that's how it should be. But so anyway, and I always implore my listeners, if you can't afford it and you get something out of what we do, please help support our work because it's the only way we survive. But how do you decide what to cover? There's so much shit being thrown against the wall on a daily basis. You seem to have a handle on all of it, but you can't write about all of it. <clears throat> how do you how do you figure out what to do? Well, I mean, I cover the parts of the Trump case that aren't getting covered, like mm -hmm. a lot of it, like the gag. Every journalist in D.C. is covering that. And, and unfortunately, a lot of the people covering the Trump cases are political journalists. They're not DOJ journalists mm -hmm. like there's very few people. Josh Gerstein and Charlie Savage are two of them who are covering the Florida case that know Espionage Act very well. And you need to know Espionage Act to know where that's going to go. So I try and cover like the, the the kind of weedy parts of the filings. Like I did a piece today. I'm sort of excited about this. Um in a filing last week, DOJ sort of, Trump saying, I have absolute immunity. You can't prosecute me. I'm, you know, for stuff I did as president. And DOJ slipped in these references to their response that basically said, you know, obviously a president can't give pardons as part of a quid pro quo for somebody not to testify or to testify wrongly. And it was like, hey, that sounds like the Roger Stone pardon, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. Um, and then they named four other things, such as we already mentioned Jared getting $2 billion, accepting a bribe so that a family member could get a contract. I'm like, that sounds a lot like Jared that they're talking about. And so, Dio, uh, so Trump responded to that today. And they said, oh, they're talking about... Um, Gosh, what was the term they used? I'm going to go look because it was hilarious. Um, they, uh, is oh, this lurid is the, hypotheticals. Okay. Lurid. They said, oh, DOJ raised these lurid hypotheticals and they, and they, 
And I had already shown that these were not necessarily hypotheticals. They're all things that are close to stuff we know right. Trump has done. So, for example, one is, did you know, did you order an FBI agent to frame your political opponent? I'm like, well, there's actually an instance in 2020 where documents got altered and Trump used the false narrative that came out of those altered documents to attack Joe Biden in the first presidential debate. I'm like one of three people who's ever covered it, but documents were altered and Trump used it in a, in a in documents were altered by the FBI. They say it was inadvertent, but nevertheless, um, and Trump used it as an attack against Joe Biden in the first attack. So there you have it right there in the middle of the filing. So one of the things they include in this filing is selling nuclear secrets to our mm-hmm. adversaries. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, we don't know that Trump sold nuclear, nuclear secrets to our adversaries, but we do know that Trump, had nuclear documents in his gaudy bathroom at Mar-a-Lago. And we know that some of the documents disappeared and disappeared when he took them to Bedminster to meet with the, with the Saudis. Right. Don't we Uh, also know that on the day that he brought those Russian um, uh, uh, officials into the Oval Office, that there was some Israeli uh, intelligence that he shared highly sensitive Israeli uh, counter counter counterterrorism information about yeah. I, about ISIS, basically. Yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so when Trump came out and said, oh, you know, Joe Biden should have done X, Y, and Z differently with Israel, I'm like, dude, you know, you gave away Israeli intelligence. Yep. You you ruined a satellite feed of Iranian intelligence. Right. You exposed a plan to attack Iran to Mark Meadows's, uh <laughs> Um, biographer right and we don't know what else we don't know what happens to those documents that got moved with you to bedminster we don't know whether i I mean i i laid this out we also know there's there's this new reporting from um first abc and the new york times about this australian billionaire who paid million you know paid a premium to have access to donald trump and in exchange donald trump kept sharing classified Yep. stuff with him like he told i just got off the phone with the president of iraq after i bombed his country oh here's what really went on on my call with uh volodymyr Zelensky. oh you know we here's what our nuclear secrets yes here's what our nuclear submarines do here's how close they get to to, to russia um it's unclear whether those those secrets were true or not but he you know was offering it up to somebody who had paid a million dollars to get access to donald trump so who else paid that kind of money to get access to donald trump we know his mar-a-lago was infiltrated by you know there was that incident of the of the suspected chinese spy of the fake ukrainian woman named Mm -hmm. rothschild Mm -hmm. it was so easy to infiltrate mar-a-lago who got nuclear secrets for doing that did they right. go to the gaudy bathroom and just start rifling through boxes? <laughs> Who got these secrets? Right. So anyway, in this filing today, Trump's lawyers, two of whom on the filing who, so this is an, a DC filing, but two of the lawyers on the filing were also on the Florida case. They're like, oh, treason. It would be treason to sell nuclear secrets to our adversaries. I'm like, yeah, well, that's sort of interesting because I don't think it's actually treason. It doesn't meet the technical terms of treason. But, it, you know, if you're saying that selling these secrets to like the, the Russian example that you gave, we don't know why he did that. We know that that was the first meeting he had with Sergei Lavrov right. after Russia had helped to get him elected. Yeah. We don't know if that was quid a quid pro, pro quo. quo. <laughs> 
sure looks that so way. It was an interesting filing. I mean, the, the the Trump filings are sort of nuts. The other thing that I'm covering because I got sucked into it, like um, back in May, Hunter, some Hunter Biden switched lawyers to a more aggressive lawyer, a guy named Abby Lowell, who, right, who is, by the way, the guy who made sure that Jared Kushner didn't get charged as part of the Mueller investigation. He's wow. a damn good lawyer. He's the he guy who lawyer. got, um, yeah, he's the guy who got um, Menendez off in his first bribery trial. <laughs> wow. Very good lawyer. So um, in this period before Hunter Biden, before Abby Lowell had taken over all of Hunter Biden's um, representation and before he was just trying to clean up the rest of his life, mm-hmm. um, he started suing and he started. So now he has sued Rudy Giuliani, Robert Costello, who was Rudy's lawyer with the laptop. He sued Garrett Ziegler, who was a um, Peter Navarro aide, who was who's the guy who's put much of this online. Um, he uh, the blind computer repairman who claims Hunter Biden gave him the laptop and he passed it on to Rudy, mm-hmm. Rudy Giuliani. He countersued him. You know, uh, the blind computer repairman sued Hunter Biden, said that he had defamed him because he said something once that didn't mention him. And so Hunter Biden's like, great, I'm going to countersue you. And as part of that countersuit, according to um, something that Denver Riggleman said publicly recently, they got the what the blind computer repairman handed on to Rudy Julian. So now they're now they know what happened with the laptop. But also because of Gary Shapley and and um, and Ziegler, I you know when I when I read their testimony, I was like, "There's something funky about the laptop." So I started going back to figure out what actually happened with the laptop, and it's a, it is an enormous rabbit hole. But I think there is a very decent chance that he was actually. Yeah, um, and maybe it was just right wingers who hacked him. But there's this period when he's in treatment. Uh, with a Fox News, then a Fox News pundit guy by the name Keith Ablow. He was in ketamine treatment, so he was right. nuts. Keith you know, Ablow, me, like we, Dr. Ablow, me. We talked about this last week, right? Last week, yeah. <laughs> and in that period, you see his digital life getting hacked up. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's unclear who's who's responsible, but that's what really... So now I now I cover the Hunter Biden case. And, 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 and I'm glad and I, you do, because um, it, it, I've ignored it, uh, except for your coverage, because I believe it's bullshit, because I know it's it's their, uh, you know, d- distraction from what's going on. It's the only thing they got. Oh, we're going to go after Hunter Biden because, you know, Joe Biden hasn't it's not he doesn't have that dirt yeah right right but but it is the equivalent of the john podesta emails Mm -hmm. the exact equivalent of the john podesta emails and i think that the the democrats for too long um because it it is true that what hunter biden did was corrupt right was it illegal so far they haven't proven it like did he not pay his taxes during the period he was an addict no he didn't was he deliberately trying to um hide his how much money he was getting from Verizon. Well, there, you know, like if you look at the records from the IRS agents, actually it wasn't clear that, you know, like uh certainly David Weiss at least didn't believe he was going to win that case, not mm-hmm. in DC anyway. And so it, you know, like uh is there reason to investigate Hunter Biden? Absolutely. Was it smart to investigate him for Farah? Absolutely. But is there a lot more going on? Yes. And I think Democrats just for the longest time said, well, he's corrupt. So I'm not going to I'm not going to track 
the case. But while that was going on, Fox News was going 24-7, Hunter Biden. Right. I mean, one of the reasons why Ron DeSantis could never get traction, there was there were, there was a study not long ago, I think it was on Axios, that showed how much coverage these various things had gotten. And Hunter Biden got more coverage on Fox News than Ron DeSantis. Wow. The reason Ron DeSantis could not challenge Donald Trump is because Hunter Biden is is what Fox News covers. Amazing. He is what Fox News covers. And so, um, you know, I think it's really hard for Democrats because we don't watch Fox News to understand that the reason people don't understand how much more corrupt Trump is than Joe Biden is because a huge portion of the population, including people who watch Fox News in the you know doctor's waiting room where sure. it's playing or or on military bases where it's playing, they believe that there is something to this claim of corruption with Joe Biden. And it's because Fox News has created that reality. And now we're swimming upstream trying to to work back on that. Right. And I have to wonder, I mean, are people really that I, I hate to call them stupid, but stupid. Uh, it, Hunter Biden never had any involvement. I'm doing the Donald Trump thing. Never had any involvement with uh, the White House, the administration. He didn't work for them. He wasn't on the campaign. He did nothing. He get- but you look at Trump and his daughter and son-in-law grifted from the White House. It's it's just astounding. Right, right. I mean, even if you take all the, the worst allegations against Hunter Biden, some, some light went on that I didn't know we had. <laughs> anyway, if you take the worst allegations against Hunter Biden, it's still just like one sixth of the graft from Paul Manafort right. without the Farah involvement. And then if you take Paul Manafort, that's one tenth of the graft of Jared Kushner without the White House job. Right. And yet, you know, the, Fox News has gotten people to believe that Hunter Biden is at all comparable to Paul Manafort, who got pardoned, right? Like every, no one bothered that Paul Manafort got pardoned for being a much, 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 much bigger tax cheat than Hunter Biden. And no one cares that Jared Kushner's graft is orders of magnitude bigger. And it's just crazy. crazy. But I don't think it's stupidity. I mean, I think the thing about propaganda is if you keep repeating it over and over again, then people will come to believe it. Yes, and, remember you know, what and, W said. You got to catapult the propaganda. Yeah, I don't. And so that's why we're at. So that's why I cover Hunter Biden, and it's a, it's a rabbit hole. Let me tell you about. Uh, that's I what see I do. it because you read it. <laughs> you can read it. There's a piece you put up yesterday at EmptyWheel.net. Hunter Biden's laptop goes to SCOTUS. How Judge Dowdy helped China and Iran attack the U.S. And the other one that we uh, that you just mentioned is the latest. Although by the time this airs this afternoon, knowing you, there'll be a, at least a couple more stories up at the top of EmptyWheel.net. But lurid reality. Trump implies that selling nuclear secrets is treason. Welcome to Opposite World. Marcy, Marcy Will, I'm so glad we do this Friday because you you give so much information that we have the weekend to digest it. And then we start all over again on Monday. Um, uh, Marcy Willer with us on Fridays. Find her all other times at emptywheel.net. On the shitter still, on Blue Sky, <laughs> on Mastodon. And uh, thank you again. And I'll talk to you next week. The great Marcy Wheeler. All right, that's it for today and for the week. We'll be back Monday with the one and only Digby. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. I'm Nicole Sandler. Peace out. The following program.